What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kinda Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, March 19th, 2019. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside Forbes, 30 under 30 winner, a.k.a. the second best baby blues in San Francisco, a.k.a. the engaged one at Tim Gettys. Let Tim host. Greg, we were just part of history. We just we just made history. Some would say. Some would say. I mean, hey, they invited us. It's for for the gamers and creators. We're, exactly. We have we're to both. Be two of those. We're both. Though. We're yeah. just not the developers. Uh, but yet. I mean, seriously, it's like this is the first time that we saw a new first party yeah. come into into life since right. the Xbox. Yeah, yeah, that's a great. That's, way of a, that's it. crazy, right? Like, if you have no that, idea what we're decades. talking about, ladies and gentlemen, we just rolled out of doing our live reactions to Google's press conference where they unveiled. Stadia, Stadia, Stadia. Their new uh, streaming video game platform, right? Um, we're going to talk about that and a whole bunch more because, of course, this is kind of funny. Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show. Patreon.com slash games, where you can submit questions in a rare Rare occasion today. I am taking live questions on patreon.com slash games. Go over there, click the link, uh, do it, because obviously we just have all this new information yeah. about uh, Stadia. Uh, if you like that, then you should come watch the show live, twitch.tv slash games as we record it. If you're watching live today, you have a special job of getting in questions, but you also have a special job of keeping us honest. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we mess up as we mess up. Uh, apparently, we already did... Uh, Kebab says that Stadia is indeed the correct plural form of stadium. So it's not stadiums, it's Stadia. There you go, man. So there you go. Thanks, Kebab, for keeping us honest on that one. Of course, we do that so we can let everybody who's watching later on YouTube.com slash games and RoosterTeeth.com as well. Is everybody listening later on podcast services around the globe? The globe. Uh, they know we're, we're honest and we got everything right and all that jazz. Housekeeping for you. We're coming to Kansas City March 30th. It's the Kind of Funny World Tour. You know it well. We'll be at Planet Comic Con as well. You can go to kindoffunny.com slash events to learn about that. Thank you to our Patreon producers. Mohammed, Mohammed, Tom Bach, and Blackjack. Mm, Today we're brought to you by Robin Hood and Third Love, but I'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin with an industry-shaking Roper report. Time for some news. Four items on the Roper report. Oh, Baker's Dozen. Number one, Stadia. What did you think of this presentation? So here's the thing. Uh, it starts off, right? We, um, immediately we get the name, we get the logo. And you get that gut reaction of just like, ooh, that's not a good name. That's a bad name, you know? But like, we, I'm think, sold we, we, we think back at all the different times that we've seen this with the Switch, the Wii. The Wii. Uh, it's a lot of Nintendo consoles. PlayStation the Wii 3. Yeah. What? Well, what are, why would what you call you it that? The Xbox 360, at some point, the Xbox One. Right, yeah. it's like at some point it just clicks. And you're like, ah, this makes sense. This already makes sense. I sure. feel like watching this presentation, they already got us there. The stadium, it being stadium plural, that's dope as hell. Like they have a vision for this. There's a reason for for uh, you, why they named it that. They got, I, we got that from that opening thing you're talking about, right? Of uh, if you missed it, it's everybody walking towards the light of going into a stadium, dropping out of a, a plane for like Fortnite or whatever or PUBG, but walking into that blinding light as you exit something and go into a stadium. Yeah. Play. I feel like Google just entered the conversation in the best way possible while being very selective of what they say and don't say, sure. right? And I think that as, as people that study press conferences, as people very in love with this idea, I love that they dropped the, you'll hear more in summer. Is that E3? Is that another event they're doing by yeah, themselves? Yeah. Google can kind of do whatever they want. Yeah. But them not giving us all the information, them not giving us the price, them not really explaining, is it a subscription service? Is it this? Is it that? Is it pay for play? At, at, yeah. Like, that's 
you know, shitty for us. That sucks. Like, I wish that we had that information to to know and discuss and like um, talk about. But them not putting that out there, I think, is is important because why would they put out anything that can be construed as bad information sure. uh, when the thing's not coming out now? Yeah. If it was dropping today, obviously we would need to know that. Right. 2019, we have a long way to go here, right? This is huge news. I think that they said a lot of right things. I think this is a lot more impressive than anybody expected, them dropping all the the flops. Like, that one screen where we saw the 10... 0.7 teraflops next to the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X. Right. So that you, was a statement. Exactly. We're going to get into all this, obviously. But yeah, what Tim's talking about is they told them that the Google, uh, the st- what is it? St- Stravia is what I want to say now because it is in my head. Stadia uh, running at 10.7 teraflops. PlayStation 4 Pro runs at 4.2 teraflops. Xbox One runs at 6 teraflops. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's them dropping their big dick on the table there to say this is what we're doing and how we're running it. In the same way they talked about at launch, right? It's going to run at 4k it's going to run at 60 frames per second you know it can, it can i should say yeah and then they talked about that this is an infinitely scalable platform so when 8k is the norm that'll be able to happen too and stuff to that effect yeah um and i think yeah you know obviously we wanted it all i saw you know the busiest lady in the business andrew renee tweeting about it right of like cool this is streaming's awesome blah, blah, blah. i need to know the price and i need to know the store and i need to know like how what, what is the minimum requirements to get those kind of numbers and stuff it's all I, I understand that, but since it's not imminent, it's not what you'd expect, right? Yeah. Think of the this is very much like the PlayStation Four announcement in February when they did that, right? Where it was, if you remember, hey, here's the PlayStation Four. Here's a bunch of tech demos. Here's no information on what it's going to cost. Here's mm-hmm. no information on the exact release date. That came at E3. And you need to remember, GDC focused on developers, sure. and I think that in the same way that the PlayStation Four announcement was Mark Cerny coming out there and being like, hey, here's all the tech. Here's how we're gonna improve all the mistakes we made from the cell stuff of yeah. PlayStation Three. We're making it easy for developers to make games on our system. Yeah. They, that's what they did here in a ton of different ways. That that screen with all the partners, I think it's very interesting that they showed that instead of what we typically see with console launches of the partners being third parties that are, sure. that are making games. They don't need that, right? Like they they it's implied that they have that. Them having all the Ubisoft stuff, having Crystal Dynamics. Yeah. This is a big triple A console. This is not the Ouya. This is not uh, on live and things like that. This is a competitor to PlayStation and Xbox. And, and they even third shade, right, of calling the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One like last or previous generation, Which right? Which is great. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Oh, man. It's like, here's the thing. is like this information, Andrew's right, where it's like, it is just kind of like all talk they can say they, they did it's not just all talk they did show demos and sure but again um, that's a demo and a, like at the most perfect 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 of scenarios and right? even then there was weird buffering and stuff in the gameplay for some of the the screens so at least that was real okay like the stuff that they were i showing didn't see there. that okay and yeah there was one one shot specifically that i i noticed when they it, were going from it was it was when they were playing the game in the fort no it wasn't that it was that when they were playing uh, oh the, the game this the is how many everyone can multiplayer yes the, the, the yeah, yeah, yeah there was like a, a little uh, I gotcha. buffering thing gotcha gotcha there. but it's like this is really just a proof of concept and getting people familiar with the idea of what cloud gaming is. We've yeah. been talking about it for a year, not really getting it. And I feel like this oh, now get puts it out to what's up. Oh, I got it. But it's like this puts it out to the. I know like, there's no way you would have known the YouTube like play. It's like sure. like this Fair. this implementation finally makes sense of how okay how are we going to have it on our phones? Right. How are we going to have it so seamless? And YouTube being the answer is. Uh, interesting backdoor I would have never thought about, but of course, that's video streaming. Like, that's what that does. This makes so much sense. And especially with what they've been doing on the YouTube gaming end um, for 
the last two years, yeah. where it's like they've been kind of backing off for a bit, but it was like making little refinements uh, in the background. This makes so much sense, and I'm so interested to see how Microsoft can counter this. Right? Sure, with their streaming service? Yeah. Xcloud. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're doing a lot of talking about it as if you just watched it because we just watched it. Of course, a lot of people listening to this show don't know anything. Maybe we're talking about what's happening. So again, it was the Google presentation here as they came out and they wanted to unveil this uh, Stadia. Um, the big thing is I think to jump through, right, that you brought up YouTube. This is one of the things they were driving home with instant access, right? They showed this, that you watch a video about a game. It could be a kind of funny games daily or whatever, or us playing something in a party mode. At the end, a little end card pops up of like, do you want to play this now? And they showed it being clicked on and then instantly playing the game in as few as five seconds. There's no loading. There's no this. There's no sign in. It doesn't make sense, of course, of is this a subscription service that if I have it, I can play any game? Did I already purchase this game? What does that exactly mean? But it was clicking through and going to it, right? Uh, there is no console for uh, Stadia. Right, it is in fact a streaming system that can work on. Uh, they showed it running off of a Google Chrome. They showed it running off of the Chrome browser. They showed it running off of you know Google phones and things like that. You don't need a console to itself, and it works with the controllers you already have. However, they did interview introduce the Stadia controller, which. I thought of, as soon as they said you can use any controller, I'm like, oh, why would I ever buy this Stadia controller? Then they brought up the fact that the Stadia controller is con- connected via Wi-Fi and communicating directly to the game server you're playing with. So rather than me having a DualShock plugged into my laptop that's then, the laptop is the connection to the game server, you imagine latency is going to be even less with the controller itself beaming it up, and that's why you'd get it. On top of the fact that there's a screen share button that takes your screenshot and can send it, they were saying to anywhere, basically, wherever you tell it to go. Yeah, so when they first showed the controller, and they're like, and there's two buttons that are very important, I was just like, okay, yeah, they're the same two damn buttons we've seen on sure. controllers for the last generation, Yeah. but uh, then when you see the, the share one, you're like, alright, cool, that's the share one, but when they explained it, it's like, oh, this shares your save. This shows your progression. Mm-hmm. Like, that's crazy to wrap your head around, right? right like, yeah. the idea that you could be playing a game and then just stop where you are, hit that button, and then just continue it at work. Yeah, you know what I exactly. mean? Or yeah, wherever yeah, you are. Yeah. On, from screen to screen to On screen a different screen. screen. Like, yeah. that, that is, is huge. On top of that, there's a Google Assistant button there, which, again, they came back to later on, right? And the idea that you can, they, they showed a demo with, or, a, you know, a can demo with Tomb Raider of talking about how you're stuck in a game and you have to open your phone and you have to do all these different things, right? Of hitting the Google Assistant button and being like, hey, how do I beat this tomb? And it giving you a YouTube search result that you watch right there on the screen you're already on. So there is no fumbling for your computer, getting out your phone, getting distracted by Twitter, mm-hmm. looking at a text message, getting into another world, right? It's all contained in whatever screen you're watching. Also, the Konami codes on the back of the controller, which is a cute addition, and I liked. Uh, Of course, this is all going to the Google data centers. That's how they're getting away from all this latency doing these things. We already talked about the... And I mean, that's huge. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm not taking away from it. But Google data centers uh, being the the backbone of this, obviously. Yeah. It's like, that's the type of thing where very, 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 very few companies can match that or even come close to that sure. right well, Microsoft what, being with one this of them Azure Amazon thing, right? yeah. being one of them right yeah. and it's like but I love that they're they're putting this out there I love that they have their their custom made graphics card the way that it, they explained to their partnering with AMD and a whole bunch of other middleware partners to be able to get these insane numbers 4K HDR 60 frames per second and yeah. then they're like but it's expandable where it could later it's future proof well, it talks it about yeah 8K, like linking them all to, together right and using their data centers and, and where it's like games can scale to how much uh GPU. Um, GPU they need. And, yeah. and they showed the, the the games that are running now, like our AAA modern games are running with one. 
but they could go with four or ten or whatever. And it's right. like, that's insane. And that's what we're always talking about with this, right? Of the idea that you would be playing these games if everything goes correctly using a state-of-the-art, super expensive computer, mm-hmm. right? And then that's what we always talk about. And when Fran's in here talking about his teraflops, what he's playing with, and like we're always, well, we're fine with the console, the ability to not have to worry about updating my drivers or to do these different things or what the new uh, video card is, right? If they're running all of that and computing that on their end, I don't have to worry about it. In the same way Xbox talks about, you know, fancy Xbox One X's being there and doing that as well. Um, they talked about you streaming directly to YouTube. We've talked about that. The data center is your platform, right? They talked about the game. They showed like the connection and where traditional streaming of games has gone wrong before and how they explained it is that it's the game player communicating with their internet service provider that's communicating to the Google data center using not the public internet, right? That it's there and that's how they're going to get this and streamline the whole ex- exchange to get you to the game client, the game server and all the stuff you need right there. <laughs> oh, they have Unreal and Unity partnerships. Oh, you just rotating Porty. Porty's still here. Remember, it's GDC week. He's got to. So he's got to turn himself around here as we talk about all this stuff. And then they came out and they showed a Doom or talked about Doom Eternal being there. Uh, Marty Stratton from ID Software came out and talked that Doom Eternal is up and running on Stadia. Uh, it's 4K with HDR and 60 frames per second. It's you know that you can play it at GDC this week if you want over there and do all the different stuff. Um, then they started going through some of the different like uh, not buzzwords but like different categories they're ta- they're talking about in uh, abilities that Stadia has. Stream Connect being the first of which, which is like split screen co-op in the way that traditionally the the reason split screen co-op has gone away, which we've known of course, is that then you're taking a game that already looks is already you know pushing a console or whatever it is, and then making it run it twice. So oftentimes when you do have split screen co-op, you see it drop in visual fidelity or performance, which is why people have moved away from it, right? They came out, uh, a woman from Tequila Works uh, in charge, talking about the idea that they can go in with split screen co-op and make it work over a million different places and make it and have it, they, it and showed it like you're talking about, right, where it did stream up. It did scale up mm-hmm. where it went from, uh, all right, cool, we're doing this one thing and then we're having another person to having, now we have four players, now we have this and it all, inst- there was buffering as you saw mm-hmm. apparently, uh, but it did work and it did yeah. move that way, right? Uh, then they talked about style transfer, which is another underneath the hood thing, basically where they had like bl- block frames. And I think this might have been actually where the Tequila Works uh, woman was uh, talking about like how they block works and you can take an existing painting and toss it in there and see the whole world change to that. That's for developers. Again, this is GDC. Yeah. Speak to the developers. Show how easy it is to use this. Uh, they talked about state share. They had Dylan from Q Games come out. Talk about shareable moments and challenges, right? So you can go in and do something in a game and then share it with Tim and say, all right, cool. Can you beat this high score? Can you do this? But Dylan said that he was inspired by this and is making a game designed around this feature. That'll be obviously for it at launch, you assume. Uh, Ryan Wyatt came out, talked about uh, YouTube gaming and how crowd play is this big thing they're going to push with this one, which is interesting, right? Where they showed NBA 2K, somebody playing NBA 2K and then basically somebody watching them play that on YouTube and then clicking on the crowd play button, right? Which then put them in a queue of people who want to play. And then when the guy finished the game, came to the lobby, put in the next person and suddenly with a click of the button, you're able to play with the streamers if they have it open, if that's how they're running their stream that you're watching right now and get, because that's the whole thing. I mean, if you want to take away one thing and you miss this presentation, what they're driving at is instant access on all fronts, whether it be they showed right of like, 
uh, they started with the YouTube video. You click on the end and you're immediately playing Assassin's Creed. But they eventually expanded that right of it's a link on Discord. It's a link in your text message. They want it to be like YouTube where you get a link to anything and you click it and you're into the app and you, you don't think about it anymore. You're not worried about how where that's opening. How does that work? You know, something that's really crazy about this entire presentation is to me, it really reads as Google trying to capitalize on how do people interact with things now? How yeah. do people like not play games currently, but how should they be playing games? And it re- recently I watched the uh, um, debut presentation that introduced the iPhone, the original iPhone. Yeah. And the way that Steve Jobs kind of went through what it was. And that was such a crazy thing to wrap your head around because we hadn't seen anything like it before. Yeah. So for him to have to explain these concepts that now we just take for granted because sure. now it just makes sense. But like thinking back to then, it's like there wasn't even Flash on the original iPhone. So like YouTube didn't even work on the original iPhone until uh, later updates. And but to see where we're at now where we, people know how to use touchscreens without thinking about it. They understand yeah. the multi-gestures. They understand all this stuff because it's just we know that language. Watching YouTube videos, being able to just click on it and it's there, share it so easily. It's like Google gets that that's the future of games. And like they're, they're like, this is what's happening now. If people want to are interested in playing a game, they should be able to just be on a forum and click through and start playing it right then. Um, and that is – it's just – I feel like it's such forward thinking that – I can't even wrap my head around how it's going to work, but I feel like they got it figured out. Yeah, I I, I do too. This is I, it's the same thing. Here's my problem with this, and I don't have a problem, I guess. Oh, well, let's just finish it and get to that. Sorry. So then, your Google Assistant. How do I beat this? We talked about that. The internet is your store, so everything, everywhere for everybody. Uh, then they talked about Stadia Games and Entertainment, which is their Google first-party studio. Huge. They, they brought out Jade Raymond, who is officially now the head of uh, Stadia Games and Entertainment. Uh, on top of the fact that they're going to build their own games there, their own first-party games there. Uh, Jade talked about that they're going to work with external devs, big and small, to make the tech available to studios all over. Over the place so that they can get out there and like they're not walling this off because again it's cl- i think when assassin's creed uh was playable in project steam or stream uh it was very much like oh they're just streaming a pc game cool and what they're talking about here is in a, uh, bringing out doom eternal and doing this is like this is a this is way more similar to there's the playstation 4 version the xbox version the pc version and now the stadia version right for these games that there is an api you need to go in there and do more it's not as simple as just streaming this pc game that already exists so what was confusing me about that is there was a lot of emphasis on cross progression cross play cross save yeah yeah phil did say that when he came out i I had that in here somewhere but i guess i skipped over the fact that they're they're embracing cross-platform play and cross progression too Okay, but I just wonder what that means. Are they talking about cross-play, cross, like all that stuff just within their the Google ecosystem? Like the uh, no. meaning like across the... That means I, they want to work. They're, they're saying, hey, we're open to PC, Xbox, PlayStation, et cetera, s- Switch. I, that's what I read in that. I don't... Yeah. Cross-progression between... Your, you're talking about your devices? Yeah. That's, uh, that's what this is. Exactly. That's exactly but, what Stadia so is. That, I just don't... The biggest questions to me come like, okay, cool. So it is a separate title that you're buying. But like, what if you just bought the PlayStation 4 uh, Assassin's Creed? Could you then play it using this or not? No, that's not what I read into it. I think that's that is going to be one of the many interesting questions as we move towards this future where Mm -hmm. this isn't we're not speculating right where it is a reality and like so just to put a pin in this so we can just go full into this and get some questions going too it's launching later this year 2019 in US Canada UK and Europe and then summer they're going to tell us more does that mean E3 does not mean E3 Google I.O. is in May May 7th or 9th which is their conference every year okay cool so you think that is that count as summer for you 
You think that's where they're going to yeah, go? Yeah, but I mean, I, I really want them to come out at E3. Yeah. I need some excitement back in my E3, baby. Let's fucking go. You know yeah, what you I mean? The kind of funny game showcase not enough for you? It's, it's enough, but like, I want more. I always I want you. more. I hear you. So yeah, I find myself not torn at all. This is all interesting and exciting stuff. But I, and as somebody who's been, I really do, I, I'm not trying to, whatever. As somebody who's been waving the flag of like, streaming's awesome. I'm so excited about Microsoft. I'm so excited about Google. I can't wait to see what all this, blah, blah, blah. I still want more. Like I'm, I'm. This was awesome, and this was hard. I don't think that this changes enough people's minds about it. It doesn't answer the question of what if I have shitty internet? What what are my requirements? Blah blah blah. Yeah, I don't know. This maybe isn't for everybody. And the sure. thing, the, yeah. here, here's here's my argument to that is cool. If you're in the middle of America, don't have good internet. Yeah, you're not. You're probably still going to be in the market for traditional consoles then. Yeah. Right. But this is about. Two different sides. There's the people that do have great internet that things like the 4K streaming and the HDR and all this. I'm like, this is awesome to me. Oh, yeah. I, my internet at home, I like stream Netflix all the time. It looks fantastic with all those things. And if I can have my games look that same way and it works well enough, because here's the thing. Like people are saying that like, oh, this is just going to introduce more issues. It's like, OK, well, it's also taken away a ton of issues of having the console itself. Like the sound of the damn fan of the PS4 taken off like a plane, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, there's a ton of issues that are going to go away. A ton of issues are going to be introduced. Um, but for smaller games, for indie games, but more importantly, for the mainstream gamer that doesn't give a shit about having it be perfect, just wanting to play a video game, yeah, which is the majority of people out there, yeah, it's going to be totally fine, no matter where you are. Totally, it's going to be good enough. Yeah, and good enough is all that you need to be. Look at PlayStation to be VR. successful. Look at PlayStation VR compared to the exactly. others, right? It's good enough. Yeah. It's, a, it's an entry point that you can wrap your head around and a price point you can wrap your head around. Mm-hmm. And again, that's the thing is I've, I was based on playing Odyssey on my uh, Microsoft Surface, right? Which in like I have this super thin Surface that has like no power behind it. And having that experience, I was already in. Like I can't wait to see what you're going to do. I can't. This doesn't damper my excitement. It increases it. I, I love the, what they're talking about here. I love to see people on the internet more excited about it. I just, I'm ready for the... I think the big KOs for this are the fact of this is shitty internet like this. It's going to be great if they can just say that, right? Or give you some kind of indi- indication of that. And also the fact that when the, I, I'm the knockout punch for this is the cost and how this works. Because mm-hmm. if I, I don't, if the controller is all you need to have it be flawless and the controller is 60 bucks and then. Are they? You assume the games are going to be sold piece by piece, but is there some kind of uh, Stadia streaming service that you're going to be getting? Not streaming service. Some kind of yeah, uh, Stadia Game Pass subscription right? service. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I that imagine. Down. I do too, and I and especially if they're partnering with different people and bringing them in, in a different way, where it's like, all right, cool, yeah, like. I don't even know what it costs. A hundred bucks a year, and you get all the games that are on there and stuff. Especially for I think early adopters, which they're really going to push these people. The for. iPhone was ridiculously priced when it came out. There's a cost associated with being an early adopter for technology that's pushing the limits. This is pushing the limits. It's I not going to be free. I you know I, I hear. Oh, that's no, not going to be free. I hear that, but that's my thing. Is I think people are going to. What is the price that is going to be? I think it's going to be dirt cheap comparatively. I think it's going to be either cool. You buy the controller. And that's the, your biggest part of the investment outside of uh, individual games you're buying. Or it's literally going to be, cool, no, just plug your controllers in and 
There you go. Like now buy the game you want to play. Yeah, I don't I don't think the controller is even I think that's just a extra thing. I really think it's they're going to make the money off the games or a subscription service. Yeah. And like that's yeah. just what they're going to push. I think people are so many people I've seen online kicking around are like are I think are overpricing what it's going to be. I think it's going to be comparative to just buying a game on Steam but you can play it fucking anywhere. And then it's for me questions get in, into the mix of like, all right, cool, will it work on iPhone? Like are you going to have an app on the iPhone or is Google that going to be complicated? Oh, yeah, okay. it's anywhere okay. Chrome is. That's what okay. they were pushing. Like okay, that, good, that's, good, good. That's insane. Yeah, I'm very, very interested. I, 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 I'm glad that it's. I mean, I, you and Kevin are like the you know, obviously the tech guys, right? Like in like, so you guys were flipping out tech about. What I mean, saying. dude, tech boys. That's why I'm. I'm. This totally hit everything that I I wanted to okay. in terms of like being blown away. I'm like, I am blown away. I would have loved to see some crazy ass like Avengers is here or like sure it's out now some, or whatever some, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. like some that's some this one's about some crazy 100 no but it could have been it could have been yeah, you know but I feel like that's too much because then you don't have that pop later on in June when they can announce the price and uh, like the release date or, I'm saying June but that was a random pick mm-hmm. but like in summer when they can uh, they need a big moment I think that's when it's like hey these are all the games that are already going to be out, uh, out here on launch. True, you know. but Jade Raymond coming out. Hey, we have first party titles. Here's one of them. Yeah, you know, here's an exclusive. Just one. You know, that would have been huge. Well, but again, that's extra to me. This, they hit everything I needed to hear, which is the numbers are insanely impressive, and it's they showed that it works. Is it going to work flawlessly? No, nothing works flawlessly. Nothing you have ever has or ever will. <laughs> right? <laughs> nothing like, you've ever has has been great. Huh. I think that this is going to be. Huge for for people that it could work for, which means you're gonna need great internet. That's just the way that this is. Krajuki writes into Patreon.com/slash Kinda Funny Games and says, "Hey guys, is streaming games enough on its own to drive players to Stadia? Uh, sure, the ability to play games at a high quality is nice, but aren't we expecting similar technological advances from Sony and Microsoft to the, in their next generation? Parentheses, which we expect is coming soon. Am I missing something about why this should make me more excited than I am? I mean, the funny thing to me is." Don't get this wrong. I'm more excited about what this means for video games than what this means for Google's Stadia. Yeah. Right? This just shows that the tech is there. This just shows that this is what we're about to deal with. Because the moment... The the walls are broken down now. Right? It's like everyone else needs to match this. Everyone else needs to think about this cross-platform play of like, oh, I'm, I'm playing here and I can switch over there. Yeah. This means that the Microsoft-Nintendo partnership of our dreams is more possible than ever. Yeah. And more likely than ever because everybody has to get creative and crafty to fight against Google who have an amazing ecosystem. Like who isn't in the Google ecosystem in some way, whether it's watching YouTube videos. Like how simple is it? You have one Google account, yeah. right? And now that Google account can let you play games too? That's insane. And I, uh, Krajuki, with all due respect, you're, you're asking, like, sure, the ability to play it's nice. Aren't we expensive? What, uh, am I missing something that should make me more excited than I am? And I, uh, this is something that's been in the tenor of the conversations, I think, for the last uh, month, right, with Anthem and everything else. My countering movie, what so many of you have written in it about, right, and it's the value of your dollar. If Google is about to give you a 4K gaming experience for the price of the game, you have no, there's no overhead. Don't you see that right there? That that's what they have. It's how does how do PlayStation and Microsoft, unless Microsoft has Scarlet and it's a streaming app and yada yada yada. Right now, though, in the current how it's always been, 
How does PlayStation, let's just use PlayStation 5. How does PlayStation 5 come out and say, hey, everybody, we also can stream to any one of your devices and all these things, but you have to also buy the $500 system, $400 system yeah. first. I mean, dude, Now, granted, so, you can make the argument as, I, you know, oh, well, first parties and all these exclusives. Yeah. And I get that. And trophies, I'm totally on that. And that but, will continue to exist. But if we're talking about, as so many of you have talked about, how much your money is worth, suddenly, if Google's giving you the highest end PC on the other end of whatever screen you're connected to, mm-hmm. and all it's going to cost you is the $60 that you need to pl- plunk down for the game? Yeah, so Kev, what you were saying about the, like, they can wait till June to, like, say, here's the release date and here's why it matters. Like, here's some games. You don't need to do that because for the first time ever, it's not, you don't need exclusives to sell a console, right? Yeah, right. It's right, like, right. whenever that game comes, that's the moment. That's the launch. That's when the, the hype happens for that thing because it is just selling a game if that works the way that we, we think it's exactly, going to. Exactly, yeah, we're all But it's like, it's, imagine Last of Us Part Two comes out and you can just buy the game. Right. Yeah. It, it, no longer. Like, let's say you're not interested in the Google stuff, but they have one exclusive that you want. Just get Who the cares? exclusive. Yeah, exactly. Right. That, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. That's insane. That, and that's where you start talking about making the money and getting you in the ecosystem. And then it's a war of attrition. Right. Mm-hmm. Where you're, you're nailing it. Right. Of like they have X exclusive. Right. You don't care about this. You don't believe in it. Blah, blah. But they put out an exclusive that is tater tots and tater tots is the hottest shit everybody's mm-hmm. talking about it it's awesome it's only a couple bucks and you're like well fuck i'll try it and you get in there and you buy it and it works the way they expect it to and you're blown away by the way it works yeah. and suddenly it is that guess what assassin's creed odyssey 2 is coming out mm-hmm. Oof, do you want to buy it in, in, on your your console where you can only play it on your console at this particular time or, or do you want to buy it and have it available anywhere because it works good enough dude here's the thing with real world stuff that we have right now, yeah, I've switched over entirely to playing third-party games on Xbox One X. For the most part, they run better, they look better. I have the setup to make that work, so why wouldn't I? Yeah, right. I don't care too much about the ecosystems because sure. I'm not a uh, trophy, trophy whore. Guy, yeah. Like I just, I'm in. That's what I do. When certain games come out, Crash Team Racing is a perfect example. I love Crash Team Racing. I want it on the Switch because to me, that's a game where I have value in the portability, even if I'm giving up the 4K and giving up the stuff that I would get on PlayStation 4. Yeah. This just introduces another wrinkle to that where it's like, okay, for a third party game, it's like, is this a game that I necessarily need the greatest physical 4K version of? Or can I have, is the value of being able to take it with me and doing all that other stuff with 4K streaming? It, which where do I go right, right. and why it, it does it's up to me to choose right because if there is no tie you're just buying the game there and then if there is cross progression if they if they do figure out some Windows play anywhere type shit yeah. where it's like just buy the Xbox one version and then you also get this if you pay for the subscription service or whatever like that's insane yeah. yeah and that's that's those are the conversations where it really starts coming down and it all comes down on your own you know your own dollar amount you want to spend it come down to your own case studies your own internet things and that's those are still the questions right that's still the thing is like we're still talking in we hope this is how it is mm-hmm. and i'm excited to get to the point where it's out or we know more about it and we understand what the price points are on it how it's going to work what it's looking for in terms of requirements and minimum specs and stuff like that and you get to iterate on that. Because, again, like, for me, it's still the idea that I would, like, right now, if I could be playing The Division on any screen, of course, that'd be awesome for as much as we travel and fuck around. And, of course, right now, yeah, through the power of remote play, 
on my PC, on my phone with a shitty touchscreen. I could do that in Vita even, right? I could, but again, we're talking about the hurdles that the, cur- mm-hmm. the current technology has in terms of pinging the, the internet, going up, going to my house, turning on the PlayStation 4, my, worrying about my internet at my house, worrying about the internet to wherever I am, worrying about, you know, like, it's just not streamlined. And I don't know if Google has that solved. Yep. They talk like they do. They yep. seem confident they do. Who the fuck knows what it'll really be when mm-hmm. I'm at a, I call it New York, but I'm at a New York with a... 10 megabit up down you know what i mean like terrible yeah. fucking speeds like i don't know if that'll actually work that way here's a key thing too is this doesn't need to be the end all be all where you play every single video game ever and every genre of, video of course. game ever uh if there's latency and stuff i mean guess what the fighting game communities right they don't use wireless controllers they play wired they, yeah. it's like even though there's technology that's wireless but there's latency so they don't do that i don't expect this to have like the fighting game community to adopt this as the way that they play their tournaments. Of course. You know what I mean? Yeah, Shooting games. Like it's if if you're playing at that level, if you're playing at the Alfredo level of caring about that precision, this probably is never going to be for you, at least in the foreseeable decade, right? Yeah. Maybe who the hell knows past that. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like for the majority of games, the, the lag and latency is not going to be too big of an issue for a lot of people that are equipped to do this. How large that group of people seems to be large enough when we're seeing the trend of how many digital games are sold versus physical games. It still hasn't overcome. It's still not the majority. But in a couple of years, will it be? Seems like it's trending that way. And that's what gets interesting what you're talking about, right? Like uh, Yesterday, I didn't put it in the news. Same, similarly, how I didn't put it in the news when Anthem had the same story. UK numbers were out for the first week, you know, for the week sales because they do it by week by week. And it was the same thing where people were putting up the headlines of Division 2, number one in the UK, but far behind its predecessor, right? Because it's Division 2 sold something like 20. It was number one in the UK, mm-hmm. but it sold physically 20% what Division 1 did. But everybody immediately, the next sentence in every article was, but take this with a grain of salt because downloads are the thing. And this is a download only. It's an online game, yeah. right? And so it's what you're talking about of people are trending and moving different ways based on what the kind of game is. And so, yeah. Maybe with any of these streaming services, but specifically uh, Stadia right now, right? Maybe that never is where the fighting games are going. Maybe that never is where the precision moment-to-moment shooters are going. But maybe it is where whatever Jade's working on, you know what I mean, at the studio for a narrative design that is exclusive. Maybe that's where that is. Maybe it is the turn-based games. Maybe it is you know a million different things that make it go. Combining this presentation and everything Jade said with what Amy Hennig said at DICE a couple weeks ago... And her talking about what it means to be a gamer now and what it's going to mean to be a gamer in a couple years where it is the person on the couch next to you that isn't holding a controller but is helping you make the decisions or doing whatever it is that they're doing. I feel like so much of what Google showed today feeds into that Mm. where it's like feeds into this idea that it could be a, you know, multi screen situation going on where you're all experiencing the same thing. I, I just think that it's very important to note that they're focusing on first party. They they understand that they need their own games. They, I love how they were there was so much shade thrown left and right where it's like we have more teraflops. That was like the talk of the town a couple years ago. But now oh, Xbox we had so many flops. Redi- so we have way more flops. But on top of that, they're just like, hey, and all that stuff that they talked about with Crackdown years ago. Yeah, exactly. about the destructible yeah, yeah. environment. Here's a and tech all that demo stuff. we put together, and you can in see it. Three weeks. We made Crackdown in three weeks, and it took you guys fucking ten years. Yeah, you know, and yeah. it, you didn't even have the thing that you said you were gonna have. Like, yeah, yeah. I this is such a statement. This is such a kick in the door, and I, I think that while this might not be the moment where everything changes, this is now introducing a world where we 
for the first time ever, have really no idea what Microsoft and PlayStation are, are going to do with their next console, right? Yeah. Like, they're going to have to adapt to this. And I, PlayStation is the most interesting. Yeah. Do they just stay the course and pull a Nintendo? Well, it's the question of what, it, like, it, this is the big, like... Google and Microsoft announced that they were both doing this streaming stuff right around the same time, right? And so now it is like, awesome, this is rad. Let's look at what Xbox is going to do at E3. What is that Sunday, I assume Sunday, right? They haven't said that. What is their Sunday E3 press conference going to look like? Their traditional thing. Is it all about this? Is it the next Xbox? Is it just streaming app on the Switch? Is it Where is that going to go? Because I think we all expect that. And I do expect Microsoft and the Azure servers and all that crap to have something to fight with here and have a chance especially if they are what it looks like they're doing breaking down the walls and going everywhere and going to be on switch and yada 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 playstation is still the wild card of what the fuck is going on over there with playstation now you know after the acquisition of gaikai and all these things like in the beginning they when playstation 4 starts they have gaikai it's they're so bullish about it it seems like that's the, they're leading the charge and now it seems like they've totally fallen away from it and whatever we saw these consoles we have all these we're the, you know number one by a long shot here are, what does that look like in the back end for PlayStation 5? What are they thinking about for streaming? Is it attached to their box? Because mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest question. If, if their streaming is still anchored in the box, that's when it gets to be a big, interesting, what the fuck. Now, granted, PlayStation, now you can play through your, your PC and, you know, blah, blah, you don't need that. But, like, you can't do the remote play. You know, there's so many things of what is the fucking message going to be for yeah. PlayStation 5 on streaming? I don't know. Nobody I don't know. Knows. And then yeah. that's, that's what I'm saying with, the, like, what if they pull a Nintendo, like, you know, it hit a point after GameCube, essentially, where they're just like, hey, we're Nintendo, we focus on our first parties, and we are very family-friendly, and we we commit to gimmicks and hope that they end up not being gimmicks and end up being a revolution, right? Yeah, yeah. And they, they stuck that course, and we see that to this day. What if this is the beginning where PlayStation is just like, hey... We're PlayStation. We make high-quality first-party titles, yeah. and we are dedicated to what a console is, and this is what we're doing. And the streaming stuff is just kind of a, a not afterthought, but just in the same way that Nintendo's online service is not what it should be, even though it's years late. Is PlayStation eventually going to be that for streaming? It's that weird question and hypothetical of I think PlayStation could do that this next generation. If they deliver first party exclusives like they already are, Mm -hmm. if they did that and it was like, hey, that's all awesome, unproven technology, you're seeing buffering, you're seeing problems, we're sticking with this is the PlayStation 5, it's games, 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 it's amazing 4K, 8K graphics out of the box, it's this, that, and the other, it runs, it does VR, and blah, 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 blah. It's here, and there is remote play, it's upgraded, it's better, there is, you know, streaming, there is PlayStation, that's all there, but you need our box for that because we're still giving you. Uh, over this console cycle, 15 first-party exclusives that are going to be incredible, right? That's fine. I think it would be towards the latter of that generation where the, it, you'd see, we'd see, we'd know. Did streaming work? Did it work out? Is 5G here? Are we to a point where the latency is fine, everybody's doing it? And then you'd have to start really pivoting and grow it out and be like, okay, cool. Well, PlayStation Now slash PlayStation Streaming, whatever we're calling it, is available and you don't need to connect to your PlayStation 5. And we do have your saves in the cloud and it is a PlayStation online ecosystem that you're pulling from whether you're using the box your phone your tv your tablet or whatever mm-hmm. they could let it ride and not and be like hey we've refined what already worked with playstation yeah. the app that you have on your iphone right now this only touch we figure out a way to get the controllers working with that and make it work and the latency's better and blah, blah blah but you need the box yeah but then it just it does i don't know i just don't know yeah because it gets so it's so 
fascinating and interesting to think that, yeah, with a DualShock controller and a USB cable or just with the Google controller, right? Google controller is going to be, in a lot of ways, I feel like, like what my Chromecast was. Gen 1, Chromecast got announced. It was up, what, it was like 35 bucks the first one. I bought it. I used it twice, and I never, it was like, whatever, no big deal. I, it was cool. It wasn't there yet. I haven't used it in years. I know it's been upgraded, blah, 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 blah. Well, there's the Chromecast Ultra is the one I have now that allows the 4K. It's yeah. fucking fantastic. It's one of the best devices I've ever bought. Right. And so it works. I, for me now, it would be like when this controller gets announced, like, oh, yeah, I'll buy it. And then just have it. And like, does it take off? And does it change everything? And is it working the way it is? And should I, you know, I don't know. I don't know how it all works out, but it's really, this is fascinating. And I, we've been saying it for a while on this show that like we're about to get into this truly anything can happen moment in gaming. And this is uh, the biggest step we've taken in a while. Yeah. And what definitely. happens next, nobody knows. I, I feel like the controller is uh, more of a, a statement and a message to the mainstream than it is a uh, necessary thing that you're going to need. Yeah. Like my gut reaction to that is that's just them saying, hey, like this is hard to wrap your head around this cloud thing because it doesn't make any sense. It's a game controller. It's a video game. You know what I mean? That's just them letting people know that like there is no system, but there, there is there's this right yeah whereas i think think most normal people that are into games we have controllers we're gonna play that way i don't think that the controller is gonna have 5g or like have any of that type of stuff i think sure. it's just gonna be like well, chrome's cast or, right? yeah they said wi-fi yeah so it wouldn't have any sort of network anything special yeah, yeah. so um one thing that i uh, i wanted to touch on which is really interesting is i feel like this could really change the game for streamers in the sense that like if your computer doesn't have to run the game it oh, yeah. that takes a huge load off, and uh, now like that'll make it easier to stream. Sure, because you have to have a crazy rig to run a crazy game, not if the processing is being done elsewhere. In which case, then you can have that computer solely dedicated to making sure that like the stream looks good. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's a great point too. That there is one caveat that like if you're playing super, like you know, four K then you've got an issue with the download speeds. But assuming mm. you're in around 40, that should be should be okay to, to handle that. Man. It's exciting. It is. I, I bet that PlayStation doesn't do what we just said and stick the course. Like they have to get involved with streaming somehow. I think that the streaming stuff is this generation coming up right now. And it's going to be a huge focus. And I think that at, very quickly it's going to become the majority. Some uh, some people in the chat, Gilbert uh, G12 says, what about streaming caps? And, like, that's true. That's certainly going to be a concern. Someone else in, in the chat was like, um, 4K streaming is about 16 gigs an hour. And that's, that adds up real quick. Real quick. Yeah. But that is that is a problem that is going to have to get fixed, regardless right. of yeah. video games. I think video games, Google pushing this is just going to make that have to happen sooner. Yeah, right? Google's going to wait to throw around to make that change, right? Yeah, like Netflix has pushed that conversation forward years, right? But that's how these things happen. Again, going back to the iPhone, that technology, the, the people's con that those concepts didn't exist until they did, and then it rapidly got to the point now that we have the phones that we have that can do the things that they can, yeah. right? Like this is so quickly going to go from not from working okay to working great. Yeah. Uh, one question, they, when they were talking about the scaling, the GPUs, like they were like, oh, this is one GPU versus multiple GPUs. What was that? Was that just saying that developers would have access to that? Yeah, they're saying that whatever your game is, they can make it stream. The or they can they can through the power of uh, Stadia go all the way. And okay. the big the big reason for that was the split screen stuff. 
So it's like if you do a multiplayer games, it's essentially you both have your own console. I wonder if someday that'll tie into um, uh, a paint service where it's like, oh, the standard one, you get one GPU and the game scales down, but you can pay to have multiple GPUs and have See, I think you're. Up. I, here's what I think. I think that that, and I'm obviously hypothesizing. I'm not a business person. That that cost, what you're talking about, would be, I think, on the developer slash uh, publisher. Interesting. Because I think that that would be the thing. It would be an agreement with Ubisoft that mm-hmm. they want to run the division, uh, and it can look at this amazing, great. You need to pay for those GPUs that you're you want to use that way. Which then then it gets interesting because. That's what we talk about in, the, in this streaming future, all digital future. Then would it be that we've blown up the model of what a game is, right? And then also, can it scale there? So is Ubisoft selling multiple versions of the game that if you want it to look the best, if you want it in 8K, yeah. if you want it running 90 GPUs, we need $90 from you. If you want it to run and look like it, uh, whatever, it could be this. I don't know. Maybe. And also then it could also. But if we blown up and changed everything and this won't happen because consoles wouldn't be dead and steam would still be going. But if you had, then you could have it the other scale where it's like, oh, yeah, well, it's a simpler game. It's running this. And like maybe the six dollar version is the GPU crazy version. And then you have other things. And blah blah. I don't know. I don't know. Nobody knows. Right. Yeah. But the future is here right now. Portello, wake up. Nah, he's not doing it. <laughs> well, I have a br- Android paving the way. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. yeah but- Let's get Tell Nick best platform. Woo! Yeah. Woo! Nerds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, while we have a break in the action, 43 minutes into the show, I'm going to tell you about our sponsors. First, Robinhood. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, cryptos, all commission-free. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees, so you can trade stocks and keep all your profits. Plus, there is no account minimum deposit needed to get started, so you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for new Newcomers and experts alike. View easy to understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also view stock collections such as 100 Most Popular. Uh, with Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio. Discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of Kind of Funny Games Daily a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at games.robinhood.com. That's games.robinhood.com. Up next, it's Third Love. Let's talk about bras. Using millions of women's measurements, Third Love designs its bras with breast size and shape in mind for an impeccable fit and incredible feel. Why is Third Love so good? It's the Fit Finder Quiz. Third Love uses data points generated by millions of women who have taken their Fit Finder Quiz to design the perfect bra. Answer a few simple questions to make your perfect fit in 60 seconds. Over 12 million women have taken the quiz to date. It's actually fun, and it takes less than a minute to complete. Third Love helps you identify your breast size and shape and find styles that fit your body, but don't take my word for it. Take my wife's. She ordered from Third Love and loves her bra. She told me it doesn't feel cheap like most bras. It's mostly meant to be worn strapless, but it still came with two sets of straps. That's two sets of straps, people. Be like Jen. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone, so right now they're offering my listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash games now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash games for 15% off today, 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 today. Believe it or not, that wasn't the only news of the day. Wow. I know, right? So, uh, I got some other things for you. You want them fast? Mm-hmm. Uh, number two on the Roper Report, Anthem. Uh, we have a post-launch update from Casey Hudson over at Bioware. Whew. How's everyone doing out there? It's been a wild ride these last few weeks. On one hand, it's been a rougher launch than expected. 
But then, as I think back, we also knew that, uh, that big new online games tend to hit some kind of problems once they go live. So, as much as we tested and prepared to make sure everything was ready, we were also ready for the possibility that unexpected issues might arise at launch. And we continue to be committed to responding to them. We launched a game that so many of you tell us is really fun at its core. But we also had a degree of issues that did not reveal themselves until we were operating at the scale of millions of players. We were, of course, very disappointed about that, as were many of you. I've been there playing with you since the early days. Parentheses, I'm a ranger in Edmonton Oiler Colors, and parentheses. And it makes me sad to hear about any issues that would hold someone back from fully enjoying the game. I take that very personally, and it's been our top priority to get improvements out to you in the fastest, safest way. In these, in these first few weeks, our live team has worked hard on that, delivering over 200 improvements through patches and live updates across stability, loot and progression, customization, and more. We also continue to listen to your feedback with more improvements to endgame loot and progression, game flow, and stability, and performance coming soon. So there's a lot of work that we intend to do. This is all learning experience for us, and we work to make sure the game is improved and perfected as we work to make sure. Uh, we can't emphasize enough how much we appreciate you staying with us, especially because the next stage is where things get really exciting. As we move through this difficult, most difficult period of launching a new game and IP, we are also working on things that will really show what Anthem is capable of. A series of world events, new story content, and new features that all build towards the cataclysm later this spring. But we understand there is skepticism out there. We hear the criticisms and doubts, but we'll keep going anyway. Working hard every day on Anthem, an ever-changing world, constantly improving and growing, is supported well into the future by our team of passionate developers. With Anthem, we're trying something a little different than what we've done before. And likewise, our upcoming games will be different from Anthem. But with everything we do, we focus on staying true to our mission, creating worlds that inspire you to become the hero of your own story. So what's most important to you is, uh, oh, I'm sorry, what's most important to us is you, the players who have supported us in this journey. And we're excited to prove that with Anthem, the best is yet to come. Mm. What do you think? Again, transparency, always good. Love this. I think it's important, especially when a launch was as botched as Anthem's was. Sure. Uh, for them to come out and, you know. Is it too little too late? When I was reading it, I was like, man, not this time. When I read it this morning, I was like, this is all great. But, like, where will, I, I would I think this Mia Culpa letter could have been in the first week. or like, I, you know. I, You're right. But I also feel like at some point, it's just like the, the pitchforks are already out. Sure. So it's like whether it's now or later. Whether the or storm whatever, and try to write the ship and then deal with this. Yes. It's just like there's people going to be able to complain that it's not enough at any point. Right. Yeah. I, I think that this is at least like this is a message to the people that still want to play. Sure. Right. And I think that that is important. It's not a message that we're not abandoning the game. Right. Yes, yeah, exactly. exactly. It's like for the people that are trying to stick through through the issues yeah. and want this to be a, a fun game that they can experience for years. Yeah. You know, what's interesting for me is like, again, you, you, we t obviously had multiple conversations on the games cast. Uh, I was right there with Fran, right. Of like seven, you know, me and Andy were right around that up or down or mm -hmm. right around there. And so, like, I enjoy the gameplay of Anthem, right? It's everything surrounding it, right? Of load times or, you know, not if feeling like I'm really in the squad with these people. Like, it's not, it doesn't feel like Division where when Barrett and Kevin and I are out there, we're, we're in this together. The game mm -hmm. is acknowledging it. Um, uh, Anthem, the gameplay at its core, I think, is so good that when they update it, it would be a game I go back for. When there is new content drops for it, when there is a big mm -hmm. reason to go back for it. Right now, it's still that thing of, yeah, I didn't, you know, I, I 
everybody's so pissed off about endgame loop loot and all that and how they keep dying back and forth i read the subreddit threads about it it's like well that's not even sorted out and again the whole argument people have with it is there's not enough shit to do once you hit level cap right so obviously i'm still working on division which is my life and i never want to stop but when they update it with cool stuff this cataclysm stuff i'm like oh i'd be interested to come back mm-hmm. and do that so like i it's a, the message rings true and i do think that bioware's working on it and going to put something out that will make it come back and you hope it has like, like kind of like destiny Resurgence, right? In terms of, yeah. like, oh no, they, they it's crazy that we're still there, man. Like, well, it's so shocking. I mean, you say and we say that, and it, we are still there, clearly. But like, it was that thing, right? Where I talked about it at length of like, I'm fully ready for Division Two weekend for it to be fucked up and all this stuff and blah blah. blah. And it really didn't, yeah. right? Like, the, I like, and the, we had a, a questions. I don't think we got to in the spoiler cast. Maybe we did though, or not spoiler cast. The review. Maybe we did. Of like, is this the first one to launch? Uh, a first flawless launch of mm-hmm. a game, at least, and not first flawless, it's been fine, but like, is this setting a new standard for mm-hmm. how these games launch? And at the time, we said, well, we're not really sure. It's not even out yet. Now, you know, a couple days later into the real release, I think so. Like, yeah. I, I think it, not only is The Division 2 a fantastic game, period, it's got so much content. It's got too much, some argue, right? But it is that game that you jump into, and at launch, it feels super complete, let alone what they have planned for the first year, let alone mm-hmm. what they have for the next three years or whatever it's going to be. And it's for. just, you know, coming hot in the heels of Anthem, Anthem which right. is so shocking that they didn't do right. that. And yeah. it's like, how did you not learn? And that's the thing where how? you and I are sitting here right now going like, man, it's just it's, it's a shocking it still happened that way. It's weird that I think it's more shocking that Ubisoft, Massive, were able to put out the Division 2 and not have it be that way, right? That they were able to put it out you know, on the heels of Anthem, on the heels of Fallout, on the heels of even Destiny 2, mm-hmm. where like Destiny 2, you I remember everybody being like, I enjoyed it, don't get me wrong, Platinum did, but everybody else who was like the hardcore Destiny player would be like, how'd you fuck this up? You know what we like from Destiny 1. Why did you walk all that back? There's something about Ubisoft, man. Like me and Fran had a, a really deep conversation about this uh, two weeks back, I think, on Games Daily about this very thing of yeah. like, lo- like these games as services launching and when are we going to get the first real perfect launch yeah perfect being you know what i mean um but i feel like ubisoft just they they have such a great ecosystem of games that they've proven themselves over the last like couple iterations of their franchises that they they put the games out it takes about a year for them to have the the fixes and patches to make it a great game but then it has this resurgence and then you see the sequel and they just nail it yeah and i think that this is another example of that and it's like I don't think Ubisoft gets enough credit, man. I really think that they are doing something very unique in the industry right now, and they're pushing things forward, um, and they're they're doing things right. And yeah. it's like the, it should be the standard that games work when they launch. Yeah, right. Of course, it's not, but it should be. And I'm very proud of them for proving that it can be. Yeah. Uh, speaking of division launching flawlessly, there was a problem, as you know, with skills and crashes and all that jazz. But not like we talked about this yesterday. Of like. That's even more like that was those the problems were acceptable because mm-hmm. they weren't there's so much good right I'm uh, jumping to number four on the Roper report uh, the division skills bugs are getting patched uh, this is from Shabana Arif over at IGN Ubisoft Massive has now released a fix for the skill bugs uh, for the skills bug although it comes with a small caveat uh, in a post over on the Ubisoft forums a community developer explained that the team had identified several issues causing the problem and has fixed the majority of them however a further patch is coming later this week to resolve some remaining problems. Quote, until then, the, the reads the post, you can try to avoid the talents extra in overlap, which seem to be the culprit and can cause skills to act up even after maintenance, albeit still much less often. So if you weren't, I don't, are you briefed on this? There was a bug where if you're tossing out your skills, like your turret or whatever, sometimes it would come out your and then explode. Your turret? You'd, put top it, you'd toss it out there and it would go away right turd. away. Tossing out your turd and it would go away too quickly and not have it and have a whole cooldown countdown. Mm, and stuff. Mm. They're working on it. They're fixing it. So they're on it. And again, though, 
good communication, right? Like, this mm-hmm. is a problem people were identified from, what, Friday, I think, on and stuff. Or over the weekend, it really seemed to get worse. Uh, number three, which will not be the final story, uh, Summer of Pride has been announced. Summer of Pride, a months-long streaming celebration of LGBTQIA plus games developers and streamers, will kick off the festivities in June 2019 with various streams hosted on the Midboss Twitch channel. Presented by Midboss, developer of the cyberpunk adventure with inc- inclusivity themes, 2064 read-only memories, Summer of Pride will promote games featuring positive representation of marginalized perspectives and the diverse developers who created them. These works of art will share the spotlight with queer, female, and people, persons of color, streamers who embody the spectrum of the viewpoints presented. Gone Home, Tacoma, 2064 read-only memories, Another Lost Phone, Dominique Pamplemousse, and Even the Ocean are among the first game, or the many games curated for inclusion. Genres range from intimate narrative journeys to stop-motion detective mysteries, each providing insight into what it means to be part of a marginalized group thoughtfully and respectfully. A full list of games, streamers, and the schedule will be made available closer to the start of Summer of Pride. Members of the press and streamers interested to get involved should go on, look online, and hit up Midboss and all that stuff. Very cool. Very cool. Awesome really stuff. great thing, right? Really great thing. Yeah. I've never heard of Dominique Pamplemousse. Mm. Uh, One of my favorite liqueur flavors. I know that part of it, but not the Dominique part. And even the ocean, I haven't either. i got to look into those. Because, of course, Gone Home, Tacoma, 2064, and another Lost Phone. All magnificent games mm-hmm. that everybody should play. So I guess I should round out these with this, too. Uh, Tim? Yes. I'm very excited mm. about this summer uh, of Pride. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about this uh, Google, Stravia, mm-hmm. Stevia, mm-hmm. the drugs, you know yes, what I'm talking about. all of them. Good uh, but that's all still so far away. Mm-hmm. If I need something more immediate, like say, what came to the mom and grab shops, where would I go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Fucking crushed it. Thank you. I saw you panically trying to get into the Google Docs. I did not have the dog open, and I've never done that from memory. You crushed it. Good job. Today, the Messenger on PlayStation 4, America, Ninja, Warrior Challenge on PS4, Xbox One, and Switch, Batman, the animated series level pack for LEGO DC Supervillains, War Theater on PS4 and PS Vita, it lives, SNK, 40th anniversary collection on PS4. Super Chrome Bullet Purgatory uh, is launching in Steam Early Access on both PC and Mac today. Symmetry is on Switch. Fate Extilia Link is on PC. The Trials of Olympus 3 King of the World is on PC. Cubicity uh, 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 Slide Puzzles on PC and Mac. New dates for you. Uh, March 25th, the Rocket League is getting the MLB Fan Pack DLC. It's $2.99 and it includes player banners, flags, and baseball cap toppers for all 30 teams. MLB branded flag and player banner and a baseball themed rocket boost. Waves of Atlantan, um, at, at, wait, what's Atlantis, right? So it'd be Atlantan Tide, Atlant, Tide. A brand new uh, RTS 4X Battle Royale is coming to Steam on March 26th. Uh, Killing Floor Double Feature is coming out on May 21st, 2019 for PlayStation 4 and has PSVR in uh, actionables. And then, here's a long one for me from Activision. Activision, in collaboration with Tencent, announced today that Call of Duty Mobile is coming to previously unannounced regions, including North America, South America, Europe, and more. Call of Duty Mobile is is a new free-to-play game that brings together maps, modes, weapons, and characters from across the multi- the Call of Duty franchise. They should call it the Call of Duty multiverse. That's just me talking. Including Black Ops and the Modern Warfare series. Developed by Tencent's award-winning Timmy Studios, uh, exclusively for Android and iOS, uh, the game features multiple game modes, pitting players head-to-head, competitive action, while they test their skills against other players around the world. Test your might. Beginning today, fans can sign up and pre-register for Call of Duty Mobile over at callofduty.com slash mobile. 
Mobile by signing up. Players get the latest game updates and gain access to the public beta coming this summer in select regions. So if you're all about that Modern Warfare on the go, go get them. Tim? Yes. We wove reader mail flawlessly mm-hmm. into that thing even yeah, though because we, we had so many google questions and mm-hmm. stuff like that so we're just gonna move right on to squad up this is where one of you writes in to kind of slash kfgd give me your name username platform of choice and why you need help in a video game i read it here the best friends come and find you and everybody plays games together today cat sass needs help on pc <laughs> that's a good name no it's cat sass oh never mind that name sucks Cat Sass needs help on PC. The username for Cat Sass is C A T T S A S S. And then, very clearly, Cat Sass in the question goes, Hey, kind of funny best friends. I'm Cat Sass. Parentheses, Cat Space Sass. Because it does, I'll tell you what, I don't know, can't you change your name on a PC? Because I'll tell you right now, man, it looks like Cat Sass. It does look like Cat Sass. That's what I originally read it as. I get it, Cat Sass. I get it, but I'm sorry. Anyways, continue on with Cat. Sass. I'm looking for some fellow agents to help take back DC while completing current and upcoming daily and weekly projects in the Division 2. I just hit World Tier 3 and I'm looking to squad up with any other KF best friends. I'm also willing to help out where needed. I'm on PC, so you can find me on Steam, Uplay, Twitter, and Twitch at Cat Sass. Cat Sass. Cat's ass. Also, if any kind of funny best friends will be at PAX East, I'll be handing out free Subaru merch if you're able to find me IRL. Whoa! <laughs> Hashtag Subaru Ambassador. Fuck yeah, Cat's ass. You get them. Go Love get them and give away that Subaru swag. If you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, we do the show live on twitch.tv slash games, and we ask everybody watching to go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up. So we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on YouTube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roasterteeth.com, listen on podcast services around the globe. Sound like Nico. Nick Metz says, Tim said YouTube didn't come to the iPhone until a couple of years after its launch. There was a built-in first-party app for YouTube on the original iPhone. I totally misspoke. You're correct. There was no flash. That is correct. That is, that there is was correct. no flash, yeah, yeah, which yeah, meant yeah. that YouTube embeds didn't work. And that was it, was, it pretty much gimped the YouTube app. Gotcha. Um, but you are correct, Nick Metz. <laughs> Sorry, so, I mean, there's so many people in here just yeah. arguing Google things now, you know. Yeah, why? Why would you do? Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't I don't buy that. Sorry. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And that's a show, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't know, this has been kind of funny games daily. Each and every weekday, we come to you with the nerdy news you need to know about in the world of video games. If you like it, be part of it. Patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Tomorrow, Rebecca Valentine finally joins wow. me on the show after reading our stories on this show forever. A bazillion times. Thursday, the Crooked Commish, Xavier Woods rolls Woo! through. And then Friday, Amanda Farrow <laughs> joins me to close out GDC week. Let us know your questions, comments, concerns, more about this Google streaming future. Patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. And until te- next time, no, it's been our pleasure to serve you.